1: banking services provided by green.bank member fdic only funds and envelopes earn apy apy can change at any time
2: hi it's Wes kosova we're taking a break this week so here's an episode you might have missed thanks so much for listening we'll be back on monday with a new big take Even if you're not a teenager, chances are these catchy songs have hit your ears at one time or another. They're some of the biggest Korean pop or K-pop hits of the last few years from a band called BTS. They've built a huge international following. Their songs have more than 32 million monthly listeners on Spotify. And the band's fans are extremely devoted. And now, the man behind these artists' success has an even more ambitious global plan. Dream,
3: dream, Swing.
2: Fun. Swing. dream. dream academy. Bang Shi Huk is partnering with Universal Music Group, one of the world's biggest music companies, to try to recreate the success of BTS with a new band outside of Korea. Its members will be young
4: women from all around the world.
3: This is the first US-based K-pop international girl band.
4: They have built into this process a lot of steps that they hope will cultivate a fan base before the group even debuts.
2: That's Bloomberg's Sohee Kim and Lucas Shaw. They're here to tell us how BTS became so big and whether Bong can do it again. I'm Wes Kosova. Today on The Big Take, how to build the next pop music sensation. I asked Lucas to tell us a bit about Bang si hook He's very well known in South Korea, but those of us in the U.S. and some other parts of the world might not know much
4: about him. So they don't know him per se, but they are very familiar with BTS, which is the group that he helped form and create through his company, which at the time was called Big Hit Entertainment and is now called HYBE. The success of BTS made HYBE the biggest music company in South Korea made Bang the richest and most powerful music mogul in South Korea, and really, I think, is credited by a lot of people with helping to bring K-pop to the masses and bring K-pop all around the world. Following the success of BTS, you know, you've seen a lot of different groups come to the U.S., tour Europe, whether that's Blackpink, which is a girl group with a rival company, or TWICE. We've seen this steady influx of Korean music all over the world, and I think Bong gets a tremendous amount of credit for that, and no small part because of his work with BTS.
2: Zoe, he's been in the business a long time, and he has this storied career. Can you tell us just about how he got started?
3: He grew up listening to British pop, U.S. hip-hop, and started writing songs inspired by Duran Duran and Timberland. He kept playing, composing music with his band, and he won a national song contest in 1994. Not long after that, he was scouted by a pop singer, Park Young, and both founded JYP Entertainment in 1997. Park also spent his childhood in New York and both had the American dream. They had confidence with their huge success at home. They soon faced a tough reality because K-pop had not landed in the US and no one actually knew how to monetize or adopt K-pop model in the US. The board of JYP at the time opposed to their bold ambitions to establish business in the US and they didn't give them financial support. Park and Bang had to move into a friend's house in LA and live together. So his time in LA later now became like valuable lessons for his U.S. ambition. Maybe the major part of his lesson was the attitude toward music was completely different because like he worked like a machine while his fellow U.S. producers seemed to enjoy music itself. That completely changed his attitude. And he came back to Seoul and left JYP to establish his own company, Bickett Entertainment in 2005.
4: And when Bong came back to South Korea after his time in the U.S. and split from JYP, one of the things that he wanted to do was try to bring some of the American sensibility over to his home country. A lot of that, I think, was sonically. His initial efforts with Big Hit did not work. He had three to five years of trying to figure out what was the right artist for them. And even in the case of BTS, Initially, they thought it might be a hip hop group, and it was only after they started to develop the group that they decided to go in the pop direction.
2: How did he form BTS? Because it kind of had an unusual start. So
3: initially, Big Hit had no hit songs, and they tried to form a hip hop group, as Lucas mentioned. They were looking into some talented producers, talented singers and pop stars that they could turn that into a group an idol group that K-pop is known for. In 2010, P-Dog, the initial producer, he found out a demo tape from a performer. <laughs> and he later became a rap monster, the leader of BTS. So like P-Dog gave a demo tape to Bang, And Bang was so fascinated with this boy, like a 15-year-old boy. And he immediately started to scout more members to form a hip-hop boy band. They did a nationwide audition and scouted Suga. The second member who can produce songs and basically a rap line member. And J-Hope was a dancer. Hello, ARMY, it's J.O. right here. And he's also a rap line member. They expanded those training pool to bring more charming and more talented, passionate members. They formed a seven-member boy band at the end after years-long training and the survival audition and competition among, like, 30 trainees. So that was the beginning of BTS. (laughs)
4: The crazy thing when you think about bts and the development of the artist is that they started to form and i think 2010 the group doesn't debut until 2012 2013 so it takes two or three years for them to even form and train and that's another thing that's very different about the korean music style where there's this whole t and d process training and development where the management companies spend anywhere from a year to several years first picking the members and then training them. And even when BTS debuts, it wasn't immediately bigger than some of the other big acts debuting at the time. It took two, three, four years for them to start to find a global audience. Lucas and Sohee report a big reason
2: BTS really did start to break out was because of the way Bong tried to marry what he'd learned in America with the traditional South Korean model. There
4: had been historically in South Korea a lot of restrictions around what acts could do during the training process, how they communicated with the outside world. Everything was very closely managed by the big companies. South Korean management companies exerted a lot more control over their artists than those in the West. That is financial, you know, they take a piece of touring and merchandise and music and all these other areas that U.S. record labels, for example, or U.S. management companies don't always participate but also just in their day-to-day behavior, at least while the, the artists are in the training process before they've made their debut, you know, they're not supposed to date, there are severe limits on what they can eat, like no junk food, they're really not supposed to communicate that much about what they're doing with the outside world. And Bong encouraged the members of BTS to communicate openly with their fans. Hi, Hi. 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 Hi, Sabrina, we're BTS and really build a following. And that coincided with the explosion in Twitter. Facebook was already fairly popular. Instagram came around. YouTube was really getting big. And so one of the novelties of BTS and one of the things where they've been really a pioneer in is building these ardent online fan bases. Some of it through sort of your traditional American social media channels, but then also in a way that is very kind of uniquely Korean or at least East Asian both in terms of the apps that they use, you know, Hybe has its own app called Weverse, and in terms of some of the different fan meetups and interaction, you know, you look at the way that Korean fans kind of support the artists that they love, and it's at another level.
3: What does BTS mean to you guys? Uh, my everything. Motivation. Hope. Hope for me. BTS came into my life when I needed when, when I needed them the most, and they saved me depression. So when BTS came out, their sound was really different compared to the groups that were out. And I was instantly like, this is really cool. This is really different. The dancing was great. They were really cute. And the
1: music was really fun.
4: One of the few U.S. artists who has anything close to it or comparable is Taylor Swift. A lot of what Taylor Swift has done in the last three to five years is in many ways modeled off of what Bong did with BTS. When we come
2: back, Bong's plan for a new global music group.
1: You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
0: You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through.
2: It may have taken BTS years of training and development before making their debut, but as we know, they've since become a huge hit group. They have number one singles all around the world. I asked Lucas and Sohee to tell us how that happened.
4: In the internet era, so much happens with momentum. And so like BTS develops a following in South Korea and it gets really big in Southeast Asia and across Asia where K-pop was already huge. And then it just, for a whole host of different reasons, this fan base sort of propels it to fandom everywhere else. And once a few people start buying in, they become sort of part of a movement. It's almost like a meme, but they had music that people really connected with.
3: Their songs and their messages and their communications with fans were so powerful because they were talking about self-love and uh, empowerment of like youth it was uh, very aligned with uh, the U.N.'s ambitions to support youth. That also helped like, BTS to make a speech at the U.N. and the like, White House. And they were the front-line speaker for youth and Asians.
4: We've been partnering with UNICEF's End Violence program to protect children and young people all over the world from violence. And our fans have become a major part of this campaign with their action, and with their enthusiasm. We truly have the best fans in the world.
2: BTS was on top, but Bong began to think about just how
4: long that would last. Bong was looking at his business at the peak of BTS's power and fame, sort of 2018, 2019, into 2020. He knew that he needed to figure out sort of what the next step was for his company, how he was going to diversify it both because pop groups don't last forever. Most of them tend to last sort of like five to seven years. BTS at that point was already almost a decade old. It's now more than a decade old. There was also the issue of the South Korean requirement that men serve in the military. They had gotten that sort of pushed later and later, but he had to assume at some point that the various members would have to serve as they are now, and that would take them off the table for a couple of years.
3: almost 20 years, so I always know, especially guy groups, they're going to go to the army. So you know it's coming, but it's still like, oh, okay, I'm proud of you for going because like that's really something strong and admirable, but oh man, the lack of music, the lack of concerts is going to be so hard. And
4: And so he sought out to raise money and expand his business globally some of that was necessity and some of that was just he's an ambitious guy he's very humble but he wanted to build this company into something bigger and greater so they went public in 2020 raised some money he went shopping and bought a big US music company called Ithaca Holdings which is run by the manager Scooter Braun best known for his work with Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande During COVID um, I got a call and they said would you be interested in your company joining another company out of Korea and I had watched BTS and watched Bang From a Distance. And uh, I was curious and I didn't want anyone to know. And I said, sure, let's meet, let's talk. And we started doing weekly Zooms telling no one about them. He went and bought another record label with Scooter Braun. He tried to buy sort of one of his biggest competitors in Korea. And at the same time that he was sort of buying these assets that would diversify the business, he was building up some technology and he started to try and develop more acts. Now, he's developed a couple of big acts that are local to South Korea, but he also had this vision for applying the model that they'd used with BTS and really across South Korea, using that training and development process, but also cultivating that extreme fandom with a global group. And for help with that, he turned to Universal Music Group, the biggest music group in the world.
2: With Universal, Bang is attempting to build out a truly global girl group with a massive publicity and social media campaign around the contest to choose its members. They're calling it the debut Dream Academy. Dream. Dream.
3: Dream. Dream Academy. This is the first US-based K-pop international girl band. So there are girls from 12 countries. It's not all Asian like a K-pop girl band that used to be. So this is a truly an international girl band that Hype wants to like make it as a US-focused. like And they would have become a more global approach, not only like attract K-pop fans, but to the pop fans in general. They are doing this month-long competition and audition programs online. Each step will be a gateway to the next. With three rounds of eliminations, leading to the live finale on November 17th.
4: They have built into this process a lot of steps that they hope will cultivate a fan base before the group even debuts. So they cast a wide net for this casting process that took almost a year. I think they said that they had more than 120,000 applications, more than 70,000 of those came in within the first like 10 days. They did some in-person casting calls throughout the world. They narrow that down to a hundred or so people and then they've spent the last year training them and winnowing down the group in the US. During this competition, you know they unveiled the 20 finalists at this event in Santa Monica in late August.
2: For our final invitation, we invite Ilya.
4: And since then, they've been uploading videos with different missions and competitions every. Woman in the group has a video on YouTube, TikTok, and Weavers introducing themselves. And then they have different videos of different challenges and different videos of behind the scenes. And then when the women get sent home, they do a goodbye a video.
3: Listen, It's been a journey. <laughs> it's been crazy. Almost everybody voted me out. Maybe they're afraid. Got
4: except- it's this whole different methodology for trying to cultivate a fan base. I will say that there is a part of me and a part, I think, even of some of the people involved in this process who wonder if it all feels a little contrived. You know, you think about something like BTS, and in retrospect, it seems like Bang had this master plan, right? But a lot of it is just sort of kismet and right place, right time, right messaging, and it just works. It's always much harder to sort of manufacture that concept. Like, New Genes, which is a different group that they have has done very well, but they didn't set out with this exact process. John Janik, the head of Interscope Geffen A&M, he told me that when he first got pitched this idea, he had reservations about it, but the more he got to know Bong and the more they talked about it, he just bought into this guy's vision.
2: And so, he is it working? Are people watching the YouTube videos, the Netflix documentary, voting online, are they participating in the hype?
3: There are like endless hundreds thousands of fans on like Weavers like voting online and they are commenting on like every performance of these girls, training programs, um, elimination programs. So they are supporting girls and at the same time they are like selecting girls who should become the final members. So they're on TikTok, Weavers and YouTube supporting the band's debut. And um, I would say, well, they are already like engaging with this band event. And one of the biggest merits to do this audition program is that they already like have like huge fan base online and global when they come out as a band. They can just go straight to like a concert and like a music live shows when they are ready and fans will be there.
2: When we come back, will the K-pop model work in the rest of the world?
1: You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds.
2: We've heard about Bang's success creating BTS and other popular bands. So he and Lucas say that one of the most important things for this new group is to quickly build a fan base big enough to fill stadiums for their concerts.
3: Once they become big band like a K-pop band, they can tour globally like US, Dubai, LA and Seoul and Tokyo, everywhere in the world and then they would like collect money from like viewers, like from merchandises that fans would love to buy.
4: Yeah, I mean the earnings are gonna so depend on how popular they are, right? Most musicians don't make a lot of money from the recording of their music anymore. The people at the very, very top do, but for the most part, even those big stars make a lot more money from the tour. One thing that tends to be different about some of the bigger K-pop groups, I think they have preferred to doing fewer but bigger shows. They come to the U.S. and they'll do multiple nights in L.A. at a stadium or at an arena, a big venue. But they're not doing 40 shows in 55 nights. But each show that they do, the gross is higher because it's a bigger venue, because they sell so much merchandise. So this
2: international girl group is really just the beginning. They're hoping they can replicate the Dream Academy model over and over again.
3: Yeah, that's the idea of hype. (laughs) And right now, the focus is on the like U.S., but like definitely if this makes a huge success in the U.S., they would definitely franchise in different cities all around the world.
4: You know, the U.S. is such a big focus for him right now. He bought a house in the U.S., he's spending a lot of time in the U.S. The Korean business, he feels like he has a team in place to look after it. But if it works here, there's no reason why they can't try micro versions of it or other versions of it in in other markets. You know, whether they'd partner with a local label or how that would work remains to be seen.
2: So he write that the music industry in Korea is very competitive. Are the other labels in Korea watching what Bang is doing and maybe going to try to reproduce it?
3: We wrote a lot about his friendship with JYP founder Park Jin-young. And he's actually also like trying to build out a new U.S. girl group, partnering with one of the U.S. record labels. And there are a lot of, like, agencies watching this momentum and trying to follow, like, what Hype is doing. They are setting up their U.S. office and trying to, like, uh, partner with Sony Music or, like, Warner or, like, Universal to get involved with, like, U.S. music scene after, like, seeing whether this could become a big hit and they will, like, definitely jump into this formula. And probably, like, U.S. record labels would find Korean partner as well.
2: So he, Lucas, thanks so much for sharing your reporting. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to us here at The Big Take. It's a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us questions or comments to bigtake at bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of The Big Take is Vicky Virgolina. Our senior producer is Catherine Fink. This episode was produced by Federica Romaniello and edited by Caitlin Kenny. Our associate producer is Zenab Siddiqui. Rafael Amsili is our engineer. Our original music was composed by Leo Sidrin. I'm Wes Kosova. We'll be back tomorrow with another Big Take.